right. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. How you doing? Good. Good. It's really good to be here. And thanks, Rob. One thing I want to just clarify, the Experience in Christian Community class is not this Saturday. It's the following Saturday, September 30th, and then the following Tuesday. But you can sign up right here. And, yeah, I've got a nice wobbly stand here, so don't be offended by that. That's, that's uh, yeah, we, we were talking this, this month about overcomers and the identity God has given us as overcomers. And I just last week, I've heard such good feedback about how that theme has spoken to people and even as people that have been uh, getting in God's word and confessing his truth to themselves, how, how that's making a difference. And I want to encourage you in that. And if you didn't start that last week, um, we're, we're really making a point to encourage you to, to grab one of the confession sheets over on our table and take a part of that every day and just read out loud what God says about you and what God says about him. And it's amazing how our, how our mindset changes. So we're hearing really good, uh, it's, it's been a good start. Today we're going to talk about one of the toughest issues for us to overcome, which is getting offended. And the, you know, we all, I, I can think of a time in my life when there was a situation that happened. I was told something with my job that at some point I would get paid this certain amount and it would continue on. And then that happened for a little while and then it stopped. And I remember that was just a really tough thing for, for me to get past. I really felt offended that, man, I thought I was giving my all for this thing and there was this promise and then it changed. And just wrestling through that sense of offense was was a big deal, that it was, was kind of a make-or-break thing in my life, really. And we, uh, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to start off with a video, and some of you may have seen this, but in our culture, it's, it's kind of a known that oftentimes people, it's, it's the, being offended is an issue. And so we're going to watch this video about how to get offended. So watch carefully. Oh, right. I'm actually, I'm going to switch these stands out here. That was pretty funny, huh? <laughs> um, it's funny because it's kind of true how easy it is and how common it is. And I think those, um, those examples were obviously ridiculous. You know, like, oh, yeah, why would someone get offended by that? But so often, that's the way things are, and that's the philosophy we live by. Um, but oftentimes, there are bigger things in our life. And it's not just the little stuff. And I, I want to be clear that the, what we're talking about today, there are real injustices, there are real hurts that, that are hurtful for, for bigger reasons than some of those. But no matter what, God has a way for us to not come under that sense of, of being offended, but to live free of it. And there, the Bible has a lot to say about the idea of, of offensiveness or being offended. And I, you may have, so those of you who are, are grammar fiends like me, you may be like, is offense really spelled with a C? Or is it an S? It's actually both. Um, so don't be offended. But I, I thought the C, the C is actually more of the British or Canadian way it's more typically used. But I, I thought we'd use that to make it clear we're not talking about like what K-State football team should have, an offense. <laughs> and so... You know, this, this would probably be a good message for them. Um, getting, getting past a lack of offense is really what we, they should be hearing this, this morning. But anyway, we're getting, getting past an offense. Wow, that, you guys like that, I guess. It's sad but true. But the Bible has a lot of, it says a lot of things about offense. One of my favorite verses is in Job, 
where Job says something that most husbands have heard their wives say. He says, my breath is offensive to my wife. <laughs> Any other husbands heard that before? I, I certainly have, many times. In Proverbs 18, 19, we're, we're told that an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Isn't that true? Man, sometimes when you have a friend who's offended, like, man, it's, it's harder than taking a fortified city than to win them back. Ecclesiastes 7, 21 and 22, also written by Solomon, has some great advice. It says, do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. Isn't that true? You're like, in other words, don't, get, don't be quick to get offended about what someone's saying about you, because you've probably done the same thing to other people lots of times. And so we live in a world that's fallen, that people, relationships are tough, we make mistakes, we're, we're knuckleheads a lot of times, things happen. And so it's such, if we cannot come under that, not be easily offended, man, it's just, just so much better. Um, Jesus said this in, in Luke 17.1, and this is, a, this is a huge truth we need to uh, just trust that all of us leave here with. In Luke 17, 1, Jesus said, he said to his disciples, offenses will certainly come. In other words, you're not going to go through life without being offended. It is part and parcel of living in this world. Things are going to happen that are offensive. Things are going to happen that offend us. And so, that's the question then is, how do we live with life? How do we live with ourselves and those feelings when that happens? And so I want to be clear, though, that we're not, this, isn't, this is not like a, a green light to just go offend people as much as you want. Because uh, actually, the very next thing Jesus says is, he says, hey, offenses are sure to come, but be really careful that you don't cause little ones to stumble or be offended. Like, do what you can not to be offensive. It's, he actually says that if, if you cause little ones to, be, to stumble or be offended, we're going to talk about that's kind of the same idea, then it would be better for you to have a millstone, like a really heavy rock, tied around your neck, and thrown into the water. So don't, like, be, be, and what he's saying there is that when people get offended, it's a really big deal. Like, it really can affect someone's life. And so we, it behooves us to do everything we can to be considerate and gracious in how we treat other people. But at the same time, realize, hey, it's going to happen, and, and we've got to be ready. Um, so, you know, I think if we look at our culture, it's, it's easy to see that, you know, that, that video rings true because... Man, there are a lot of, it's, it's all around us. There are people offended at all sorts of things all the time. And it's become almost like, a, almost like a, 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 an argument that can't be defended. If you say, I'm offended by that, then it's almost like, well, there's nothing we can, we can't consider the thing that offended you because we just don't know how to deal with the, the reality of someone, be, someone being offended. Um, the Bible has, it actually talks quite a bit about offense, and there are two word pictures that the Bible uses when it talks about offense that just are very helpful. Um, the word in the Bible for offense is, is the Greek word scandalon, which you can imagine we get the word scandal from. It's the idea, you know, we, it, it fits because something that feels scandalous, something that feels like, oh, how could that happen? How could that happen to me? Um, but there are, there are two word pictures. The first word picture is the word picture of a stumbling stone. So scandalon is oftentimes translated stumbling stone in the Bible. So it's the idea that you're walking along, and there's a rock in the path, and you trip over it, 
and you fall down, and, and we've all stubbed our toe, right? Like, that, that's what it, that doesn't feel very good. It's amazing how just stubbing your toe can really take you out of sorts very quickly. And just hurt like Dickens. Just hurts bad. So it's a stumbling stone. You're, you're, you don't see it coming. It trips you up. It hurts. And it may take you out. That's what happens with a stumbling stone. There is a, a pastor named T. Austin Sparks, and he said, one of the greatest dangers of the Christian life is in the common pathway of discipleship. So in the, the pathway, the road of being a disciple, it is the peril of being offended. And so like I said earlier, that as you are living and as you are following Christ, you will be offended. And so that can be a stumbling stone that can, we can trip on and they can, we, that can take us out. The second word picture is the idea of bait, like bait in a trap. So, yeah, I've got a picture here of a mouse trap. That cheese is the bait. And the mouse smells that cheese, sees that cheese, and there's something very enticing about it. It's like, oh, I want to eat that cheese. And that's how it is when when something happens to us and the, the temptation to, to give in to being offended is like that temptation. It's like, oh man, that's, that's going to feel so good if I go there. And so we take the bait, but then what happens is the trap closes and we're stuck by the thing that we thought was going to be so good that actually ends up hurting us or even ruining our life. Um, John Bevere actually wrote a book called The Bait of Satan, talking about this whole issue of offense. And he says, he says this in the book. He says, Offense cuts us off from God. It separates us from the pipeline. I've never seen anything block blessings from heaven except offense. Wow, that's pretty huge. That it has the power to block the blessings of God on our life and in a very strong way when, when we're offended. And so, if offense, it, can, it keeps people from following God in the first place, it keeps people from continuing with God. It, you know, there's so much story after story after story. There, there are literally just multitudes of, of Christians in the world today who are not serving God. They're, they're not attending church, or if they do so, maybe it's occasional. They, they, maybe they go to church, but they don't serve, or they don't give. They call in trouble when they're in trouble, but they're not really around. And the reason is, is that somewhere along the line, they were offended. They were scandalized. Something happened. And the trap door swung shut on them and locked them in this place. And it's a place of where they're not experiencing the joy of God. They're not experiencing the freedom of God. They're not experiencing the, the full life that God has for us. And it all started when an offense took root in their heart and they fell for it. Um, we... We, it's so it's important that we know that offenses will come. You know, we, we want, we hope that, man, if I could just find a place where it wouldn't be offensive, wouldn't that be a great world? And that would be a great world, but there's no such place that exists. That's what Jesus said. Offenses will come. And so it's, it's how we deal with it. And so what do we get offended at? Well, let us count the ways. We could have a lot of fun like, going around. Like, what are all the things that we've been offended at or we've seen people offended at? Um, the, the video told some, told some but. We get a, I want to talk about how we get offended at people, and we get offended at God. And so, 
you know, we get offended at our friends, at our roommates, at our spouses, family members. There's something about family members that sometimes it, it cuts even deeper than anything else, and it's, it's harder to get over. Um, church relationships, as I talked about earlier. Whole, in our culture today, whole ethnic groups, you know, there's a lot of offense between ethnic groups about, man, what, is, what has this group done to me? And again, we've, I've talked a lot about this, so this is not to, to say that especially, you know, what what has been done to African Americans in the U.S. and other ethnic minorities and around the world, not to say that that's not a really serious deal. That is, there's been an incredible amount of injustice that's been done. But the, there's a crossing the line of living in a place of being perpetually offended that doesn't help anybody, that keeps us in a place of being trapped instead of being free. And so we can be offended at, at people so easily. We can be offended at God. It's, it's interesting that the very first temptation, that when the, the devil in the form of a serpent came to Adam and Eve in the garden, and the first words recorded in scripture of the devil were him trying to trap them with the scandal, and trap them with the bait of offense. And the serpent spoke to Eve and Adam and said, did God really say you can't eat from any of the trees in the garden? And which, by the way, wasn't true. God had said, you can eat from all the trees in the garden. There's just this one tree. That one's off limits. But the devil, in doing that, he was, he, was, he was attacking the character and the goodness of God. He was saying, God's trying to keep something from you. He's trying to restrict you. He's trying to ruin your freedom. That's what he's like. Did God, is that, is, did God really do that? And that's, that's how he got people to succumb to temptation and be trapped in the first place. And we're all susceptible to that. There's a story, we're not going to look at it, but if you have your, your hand out, it's in our weekly reading. It's the story of John the Baptist, who Jesus said was the greatest person who had ever lived up to that time. Nobody was greater than him. So he was like uber-spiritual hero. But the Bible tells a story in Matthew chapter 10 or 11, Matthew 11, where he had been serving God, and great things happened, but then things weren't going so well, and he actually got thrown in prison. And from prison, he started to sit there and question things, like, how could my life be? I, I gave my all for God. How could I be in prison now? How could, how could I be here? And he actually ended up getting executed not too long after that. Like, things did not look good for him. And he sent a message to Jesus saying, hey, are you really the Messiah? And behind that was the questions and the doubts of, Hey, I would believed in you. I hoped in you. I served you. But it's not working out very well for me right now. And that's what can often happen to us as Christians, is that, you know, things may be, they, they often, they go great at first a lot of times. And they do, there are many blessings that we come into, but there are things that happen in life that we don't understand. There are things that God doesn't do what we expect him to do. And it's, it's hard to understand the why of that. And, um, there, it was interesting that Jesus, he didn't really, when Jesus, his answer was, hey, tell John that, hey, I'm, I'm healing the sick, blind are seen, the lame are walking, blessed is the one who's not offended because of me. And so Jesus said, hey, these are all the great things that point to who I am. He didn't even really tell him why he was, why John the Baptist was in the situation that he was in. But he said, hey, look, this is the evidence of who I am. I'm not going to answer all your questions. But blessed are you if you don't get offended at me. And that's, that's tough stuff, right? I mean, it's getting real. There, 
That same guy I quoted earlier, Austin Sparks, he, he lists some reasons that we can get offended at God, reasons that people are easily offended or, or can become offended at God. The severity of his requirements. So often we look at the life of Jesus. People are like, Lord, I'll follow you. And Jesus said, okay, we'll sell all your stuff first. And they were offended and didn't follow him. Or they said, hey, you need to leave your family and follow me. And they were offended. He would ask them to do things that, that, that were more severe than they expected. And they, they became offended because of that. The severity of his requirements, the mystery of his contradictions. You know, like John the Baptist. He's like, man, I'm helping all these people come into freedom, and now I'm in prison. You know, oftentimes physical healing is a thing. Like, man, I've, I believe God heals. I see people get healed. But how come I'm not getting healed? Well, it seems like a, a contradiction, a mystery in this. I, I don't know. And that can easily lead us to be, to be offended. Um, the slowness of his methods. Wow, man, that's for sure right there. God's timing is different than ours. And oftentimes, things don't turn out the way we want as quickly as we want to. Or we don't get where we want to be as quickly as we want to. And that can be something that turns us off to God or that leads to being offended. The slowness of his methods. The unreasonableness of his silence. There are times when we just, I need an answer and I was just talking to a guy this weekend. He's like, I don't, I've been crying out to God and I don't know. I'm not hearing anything. And it just feels so unreasonable sometimes. That can be something that leads us to be offended at God. And just the disappointment of unmet expectations. I think this is one of the biggest things. When we have hopes and expectations and they don't get met, this can lead us to being offended at God. Does, this, does that make sense? So, we can get offended at people, we get offended at God. I want to just delve into a little deeper kind of the psychology of this. Like, how does this work? Why do we fall for it? Why do we, if this is a, a, a trap, if that, if that offense is bait, why do we fall for it? Well, it's because, like with any wild animal that gets trapped, it, offense appeals very strongly to our instincts. There's, this summer we were in Michigan and staying at some, uh, some great friends have a lake house that we, we stayed at for a week. And the owner said, there's just one thing I'm asking of you, we've got this real squirrel problem. They've been gnawing into our porch and eating our food and damaging the wood. And so I've got three traps set up outside our house. If you could just... If, if, a, if a squirrel goes in a trap, if you could just drown it in the lake and reset the bait, that would be awesome. And so, guess what? We show up, the next morning there's a squirrel in the trap. And so I've I got more funny stories about the drowning scenarios with these squirrels, but I'm not going to go into all those. But we reset it. Five times these squirrels were in the trap in the week that we were there, plus a possum. Plus, we caught a mouse, too, while we were at it, not in a different trap. So I was like, wow, these, you'd think these squirrels, like they'd be seeing all their brothers and sisters and friends going in this trap, and they're never, you know, disappearing forever. You'd think, like, maybe that's not a good idea. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't do that. But the instinct is so strong. It was the same little bit of peanut butter on that, the, what's it called in the, in the trap? Uh, anyway, the thing you put this... this the, the, yeah, the snare, the trigger, yeah. That same, the same little thing, but it's so, the instincts, the little squirrel nose just starts twitching. I'm like, 
There's some peanut butter. Where is it? Oh, man, I need some. That, that just smells really good. That's going to taste really good. And it overrides. Like, there's a stinking, like, metal trap that looks like a metal trap. And they go right inside it because the instincts are so strong. And isn't that how it is with the fence for us? Like, something happens, and just everything in us is like, oh, how could that happen to me? That is just so wrong. And it's, it, it touches an, an instinct in our, in our fallen nature. And part of the reason why that instinct is so strong, I, is I, I believe, is that it's, it's a twisting of our sense of justice. That we were made, that, there is, that justice is important. And injustice is important. Righteousness is important. And what offense does, though, is it twists that sense of justice. And it, it becomes not really about justice, although in our mind it's about justice. But really, it's about us. And, and this is just kind of all my theory. I, I didn't read this anywhere, so tell me what you think. But I, I think that really what makes an offense an offense is that it's always connected to our pride and or our insecurity, which usually go hand in hand, pride and insecurity. Someone's, when we're proud, it's usually because we feel insecure behind that. And so the, the, the trigger, the bait, is how could this happen to me? Like, what are you saying about me? Like, I'm, how could you do that to, what, man, it offends our pride. And then it undermines, it, it brings the insecurity, or it touches our insecurity. To say, oh no, like, are they questioning me? Who am I really? And so we, we feel jeopardized, we feel threatened. And so we, we go into this, this defense mode about, about, about whatever's happened. You know, I was thinking about this earlier this week, and Reagan and I were driving to Kansas City, and I was thinking, you know, I'm, I feel like I got this pretty good. I don't think I get offended very easily. In fact, I'm not really thinking of a time when I've been offended, you know, for a while. So I, so I think I'm in a good place. So I'm going to ask, and I said, Reagan, can you tell me, like, I'm, I'm teachable here. Like, what are, what are some things that where I, t- I can ease, where I have a tendency to be offended? And it didn't take her very long. <laughs> she just gave one, but she probably could have given a lot more. And she said, you know, it's when the kids leave food out, and you eat it, and then we say, how could you eat the kids' food? You get offended at that. And all at once, it's funny, like, I'm in a place of peace, right? Not being offended, but all at once the wheels start turning in the brain. I'm like, well, no, well, it's not that it, it's because, you know, I'm offended, or, I, you know, I'm not offended, actually, <laughs> but it's, it's not that, it's that you would think, uh, you wouldn't know that I would have thought that the kids didn't want that food anymore. Like, I wouldn't have eaten it if, like, you think I'm someone who would knowingly eat my kids' food? when they just were planning to come back to it? Like, how could you think of me as being that kind of person? I wouldn't do that, but I thought that they were done. And so I was just doing a service to our family <laughs> and eating that food. And, you know, like those are, those, that's, I didn't make this up. This is a true story <laughs> from a few days ago. And, again, it's, it's not as, how could you think I'm that kind of person? Like, that's what was offensive to me. That you would not think of me differently than that. So there's the pride, there's the insecurity. And I think if we dissect the times that we're offended, it's, it's not too hard to connect those things. Um, all right. Praise him. Good stuff. Now, what I want to just 
I, I keep saying this, but another thing. If you're going to get one thing, get this. In every offense, there's an opportunity. Every offense is a trap, but it's also an opportunity to come into something greater. And we're going to look at this passage here in 1 Peter chapter 2. This is actually talking about Jesus, about how we can be offended by Christ, or we can be built up in him. And so, let's, let's read this together. 1 Peter 2, starting in verse 4. As you come to him, speaking of Jesus, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. So that's interesting, that Jesus really is, you know, of infinite value. Chosen and precious in the sight of God. But yet he was rejected by people. Think of you know, what, what it was like for him as a man to, to deal with, with that offense that was made to him. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood. To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Through Jesus Christ. So this is a picture of how God is building his people, his, his church, which and it uses the analogy of like the Old Testament temple that was built out of stones. And so it's saying Jesus was, was a stone, and then all of God's people, all the people who come into God's family are also stones that are joined together to build something, to honor God and accomplish his purposes in the world. And then it says in verse 6, For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And so we're going to look at how Jesus is an offense, and it applies to, to Jesus, to God, but also we're going to extrapolate that to other things that offend us, but it's especially and you know, completely true of Jesus. It's interesting, though, that Jesus, he was, he's the Savior. He's the hope of every one of us, the hope of every person. He came to the earth, gave, lived selflessly, lived perfectly, died on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven of our sins, and have a relationship with God through faith in Him and trust in Him and looking to Him as our Savior and our Lord. And this passage is saying that for everyone who, who looks to Him that way, He becomes the cornerstone of their life. And not just their life, but of everything that God is doing in the world. He becomes a, a source of blessing and purpose and life and love, peace, joy. We could go on forever. That rock is becomes the cornerstone of our life. But that same rock, to those who don't believe him, it's the stumbling stone that you trip over and fall on your face over and are offended by. And why, is, you know, why, why would someone be offended by Jesus? Well, there is something about the gospel that's offensive. The gospel says that, it, yes, there, Jesus died for us, but it also says we deserve to die. To appreciate that we have a Savior, we have to acknowledge that we are sinners. 
that we deserve capital punishment, that we don't have it all, we don't have what it takes, we're lost, we're sinners, we can't do this on our own. And that's offensive to our natural self. And so the question is, am I going to fixate on God says I, I need a Savior, that I'm broken, that I'm a sinner, that I deserve death? Or are we going to see the cross and Jesus as God's forgiveness and God's love and everything that he offers to us? The, same, the thing that can be an offense is also the greatest source of opportunity for coming into what God has for us. And so that's, that's true about God. That's true about the cross. That's true about every situation that we're offended by. That Actually, God is in that. And there's an opportunity for us to either be offended or for us to come into something more. And, you know, I, I mentioned earlier the time when my boss, like, I was, I, was, I was hurt. I was offended by what happened. And it was a period of, of days of just kind of wrestling through this and really my relationship with him being affected and just coming into these just dark feelings and thoughts that, that weren't normal. But I finally came to the point of, you know what? I'm not going to live here. God is good. He's my source. And this, is, this happened, and there's probably more to the story than what I remember, and there have been a zillion great things that have happened to me through this relationship and working here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive. I'm going to forgive this situation and let go. And, man, I came, that was, it was over. Like, no more was I under that cloud. I came into a greater place of maturity, a greater place of, of trustworthiness, a greater place of depth in my life because of the way I, I ended up making it through that potential stumbling stone. And every, every offense for us, it can trip us up or it can lead to greater growth in our life. It can lead to something more that God has for us. Um, I know I've got a lot to say here. Um, but this is so important. There are, to do that, there are two things that you've got to know. We sometimes say this as two things every disciple has to know. To overcome offense, to get past offense, you've got to know that you are accepted. This is what John was talking about at the end of our worship time this morning. That if we don't know that God loves us, that God has accepted us, then there's going to be a perpetual insecurity in our life that leads to us being offended and not getting past the offenses that we have. And the, the cure for offense is knowing God's unconditional love. Um, it's what we've talked about. They, the, the, our theme verse for this whole series, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome by knowing that God loved us so much that he gave his son for us. And his blood makes us righteous. Our identity is in him, not in what we do or how we feel or what other people think about us. Our identity is within him. So God wants like he wants us to know, man, that he is for us, that we're accepted, that we're chosen, that if our trust is in him, we're blameless. And that's what we receive when we become a Christian, and then it's like Pete and repeat. Like, you've got to go back to that over and over and over and over again. Like, whenever those feelings crop up, it's going back to, wait, no, who am I? Who is God? What has he done for me? Where does my identity come from? Does God love me? We have to know that we're accepted, that we're loved. And then that just pulls the rug out of the power of the offense right there.
So we've got to know that we're accepted. And then number two, you've got to know number one before you can handle number two. But number two, you've got to know that you're a knucklehead. All right, you gotta know, like I gotta know, like man, I'm I'm a knucklehead. There's there's nothing in me in my in myself apart from God that's defensible. Like I got issues, I got lots of issues, and so, okay, but I'm accepted. God's for me. I'm righteous. I'm blameless, and I'm an idiot at the same time. All right, that's like you have to know the first, but then you got to remember the second too. Like man, I'm blind to all this. All the stuff in me that's not unredeemed yet that God's working on. And so that, that also helps. So the first really helps with our insecurities, and the second really helps with our pride. Going, okay, all right, that, that may have happened, but you know what? I've done that to other people too, and man, maybe I can learn something from this. And so we've got to know we're accepted and that we're a knucklehead. So what do we do? I, I want to bring this home. That how do we turn the offense into an opportunity? When we get, in, when we get offended, how can... That moved from being a stumbling block or a trap to an opportunity. Well, first really applies if you're offended at God. If you're offended at God, you need to repent and believe. Repent means turn away from old beliefs and old thoughts and replace them with the truth. Turn away from all the thoughts that led to you thinking, I have a right to be offended by that. Or that I believe that God's character is such and such. Because God's character is not that. God has proven himself to us once and for all, and over and over again, but ultimately in Jesus. He's proven who he is. And so to get past our offense, we need to repent. Saying, God, I thought of you this way. That's not right. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to turn from that, and I'm going to believe. You know, I think too often I hear people saying, just kind of lightly throwing around the idea of, oh, I'm, I'm mad at God. And... There's a place for honesty with God. Like, we, God wants us to be honest with our feelings and what's going on. But to stay in a place of, like, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm mad with God, that's not a healthy place to be. That's not, like, that's, that's, not, that's not accurate about God's character. That is seeing him in a way that is not true. And so that's not a place that we should be living in. So if we find ourselves in that place, we're called to repent, to turn from that. And to believe in who he, who he really is and who he's proven himself to be. And like, uh, like Jesus said about John the Baptist, blessed is the one who's not offended about me, offended by me. There's a blessing that comes when we turn from our old thoughts and, re- and believe who he really is. Um, that's, that's part of this whole thing about confessing God's word. As we get in the Bible and renew our minds with, okay, I feel this way, but this is what's true. This is who God really is then that process of transformation happens in us more and more. So we've got to repent and believe. Second thing we've got to do to turn the offense into an opportunity, and this especially applies if it's a person who's offended us. We have to forgive and love. It's, it's so simple. But it's not. But it is. But it's not. But the way to overcome offense is to forgive. Like, that's what happened for me with that story is, Man, I, when I came to the point of forgiving the person who had offended me, I was out of the trap at that point. Forgiveness is incredibly powerful. And love is, man, that, that's what God has demonstrated to us. It's what he calls us to. Not loving the deserving, but loving the undeserving. 
like God loves us. Um, there's, there's an incredible power in forgiveness. Right after this, Jesus um, said, offenses will come. And then he said, it's better for you. Actually, let's just look at that. Luke chapter 17, um, verse 3. J- Jesus has said, hey, but, but don't, don't try to cause, be careful. Don't try to cause people to, to be offended. But in verse 3, he says, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day, and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Forgiveness isn't optional for a Christian. It's when, when something happens, forgive, as God has forgiven us. It's also, though, important here, it says, if someone sins against you, if, if the offense that's been done is, is sinful, you know, not just like giving you a plastic water bottle that, you know, they don't know that you don't like plastic, but it really is sinful. Like, it's not saying to just to pretend that it's not something wrong. Um, if there was a sin, then rebuke them. That means you don't have to be a jerk about it. You can point out, hey, what you did wasn't right. You know, sometimes what people have done is criminal. There's, there's a place that probably needs to go, or I would say almost always needs to go to the authorities. If there's been something that's happened to someone, it's not just saying, oh, well, I just pretend it didn't happen. No, loving, the best way to love this person may be helping bring justice to the situation. And so it's not sugarcoating it or whitewashing it. It's, it's dealing with the issue. But then on our part, forgiving them. And he says if, if it happens seven times in a day, keeps happening over and over again. In, in the Matthew account of this, it says, if it happens 70 times, seven times, keep on forgiving them. Forgiveness is, is never to run out, just as God's forgiveness never, never runs out with us. Um, the disciples, the apostles, said to the Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> it's interesting. When Jesus said, hey, when you're offended, forgive. How many times? As many times as it happens. The apostles said, Help us, God. <laughs> Increase our faith. Man, we cannot do this on our own. You've got to help us. This is beyond us. And God wants us to give, that, give us his faith, that ability. So forgive and love. And then three, third way we get over it is to learn. To ask ourselves, is there anything I can learn from this situation? Now, it's, I, it's been said, I remember when I first heard this, it stuck with me ever since. There's truth in every criticism. And that's not actually true. But it's a pretty good way to live. Say, hey, if someone's saying something about me, if I can know that I'm accepted and I'm loved and blameless and that God's for me and he wants me to grow, then I can say, hey, what is there in this that I could learn from and grow from? Maybe there's an element of truth. You know, I, I don't like it when I hear the term white privilege. It's not my favorite term in the world. And, you know, I could tell you why I don't think it's a great term to use. And how, you know, it's not good to label any group of people a certain way. And, you know, how that's, that's stereotypical. But I can also say, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to use that term or be careful about doing similar stuff. But, you know, it's helpful for me to realize that people have certain privileges and based on their background. And man, I sure have a lot of privileges based on what God has done for me and, and my background. 
And so, whatever comes to us, man, there's a way we can take that and turn it and learn from it and grow from it. And that's how we can turn our offense into an opportunity. Um, all right. How are you guys doing? I'm going to pray for us. Turning our offense into an opportunity. We've got to repent and believe. We've got to love and forgive and learn to see that happen. Lord, thank you that you have a way for us not to be under the power of offense. God, thank you so much for that. Lord, even right now, if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know, I've, I've been offended at God, but I'm ready to turn from that. Right now, just come, Lord, just pray this with me. Lord, I'm sorry for holding this offense against you. I turn away from that. I believe that you're good, that you're my Savior, that you're for me. If you're here this morning and there's, there's something that, as I've been talking, like, man, that, that thing that happened to me by someone else, I've been entrapped by that. I don't want to be anymore. And right now in your own heart, I just encourage you to pray with me. Lord, I, right now I forgive that person for what they did to me. I release them. From, from judgment. Lord, I choose to love them and care for them. And Lord, help us to, to walk this out. Help us to learn. Help us to grow. I pray that you would do a, just make this an even greater reality or a, a new reality, whatever the case may be, in our lives. You would help us to over, overcome offense. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and sing this. Go out.